0: This episode is dedicated to the memory of Archer McLean, who passed away on the 24th December 2022 at the age of 60. Archer appeared in episode 5 of Games Master in the Jimmy White's Whirlwind Snooker Challenge. We were somewhat flippant about his use in a celebrity challenge, but we took nothing away from his talents as a game programmer. He was undoubtedly one of the best to work in the home computer market in the 1990s. Accurately simulating a snooker game good enough for a professional player like Jimmy White to pick up and play, using 90s hardware no less is just a hell of an accomplishment. But it wasn't his only accomplishment. He developed Drop Zone for the Atari 8-bit systems, widely regarded as one of the best Atari games on the market, and programmed the incredible international karate games among the most genre-defining of the era. He was hugely respected in his field, and his contributions to the industry that we all know and love will never be forgotten. This is for you, Archer. Archer <laughs> Happy New Year, wankers! (laughs) Yeah, it's coming out of New Year, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Okay, good. So, (laughs) welcome to a new episode of 1UP Pod's Games Master Revisited, the fortnightly show that takes a look back at the groundbreaking UK TV series Games Master. I am your host, Andy, and I am joined this week by Chip, as you heard. Hello. He's back, everybody. I'm back, you can't keep me away. So how was your Christmas, Chip? I know we're recording this before (laughs) Christmas, but let's pretend anyway.
1: Well, I mean, I can cheat a little bit because I had like a friend's Christmas the other day where we had like proper presents in the morning and then dinner in the afternoon. So I can say that was absolutely lovely. Christmas number one was perfect.
0: Brilliant. How was yours? (laughs) My Christmas was great. I got a Games Master Golden Choice stick and it said like, yeah, it said hot buns on it. Oh, I'm very jealous. Yeah, it was a great Christmas. Got everything I wanted. Possibly. (laughs) Hopefully. So, this week we are talking about Games Master Series 1 Episode 6, which first aired on the 4th of February, 1992. And let's just get straight stuck in, because almost immediately (sighs) after the intro, Dominic turns to us and... So, for context, he's doing the usual thing where he's pretending to play a pipe organ in the church, and he swivels on his chair and he says, You may be wondering why I'm playing with my organ in a crowded church.
1: And <laughs> uh, we're back.
0: <laughs> yep, there we go. If even on a quiet week, he's always got to get that one in first.
1: Oh. Right uh, out the door. It's not just one. This is an episode, this one. I
0: don't feel like we would have wondered it unless you drew attention to the fact. Like, no, I it's quite normal, right? About it.
1: Yeah. 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 Play an organ in a church, so there's nothing wrong with that at all. Just don't draw attention to it.
0: I mean, even... He could have been, like, literally masturbating in <laughs> before the show started. It still wouldn't be our problem. We wouldn't need, We don't need to know about this stuff.
1: No, we don't. And yet every week he tells us...
0: Episode 5, that was pretty tame as far as innuendo went. It was a bit alarming to see something quite... This aggressive happen so quickly.
1: I mean, this is almost following a pattern, isn't it? Because in uh, episode 5, there was the, the weird one with the kid playing DuckTales that made me a bit uncomfortable... And they say, for the most part, it was all right. And now it's like, he he looked at the script. He's like, no, no, I need to get it all in. Like, this is not good enough. I have not said knob in at least 10 minutes. This needs to happen. And this episode is just front loaded with all of this. (laughs) (laughs) And to be fair,
0: like last episode five was a bit of a dud. So maybe he does need to make a lot of wanking jokes to help the episode move along.
1: (laughs) That explains this episode, then.
0: After that intro, he doesn't even clarify why he'd be playing with his organ in a crowded church. He just says, because this is Games Master. That doesn't tell us anything, really. (laughs) It is in a
1: way, because it's like, yeah, that is Games Master, isn't it? It's a knob joke out of nowhere. (laughs) To to be fair, yes. Yeah, (laughs) by our uh, 2023 eyes because that's the year now, definitely. It is now, yeah, yep. the year 2023. <laughs> that makes sense, because I, I was like, yeah, yeah, this is Gamesmaster, Master,
0: 100%. That is the reputation it has gained in alarmingly fast time. <laughs> we're only, like, six episodes into this, and we're already oh my God. world-weary veterans about this sort of thing. <laughs> so, yeah, like after that, uh, he introduces the show as television's only video game magazine show. And I don't know if he's ever actually introduced that idea before like calling it a magazine show i feel like that might be a new thing i don't recall him saying it before no i don't remember it feels like that's a a good way of selling the show to people because it is that's what makes it unique like culturally yeah and so it's interesting that it's taken six weeks to really emphasize that point but it's nice to see they actually brought it up eventually (laughs) maybe they've
1: only just worked it out themselves
0: yeah i said hold on this is following the format (laughs) of a magazine shit maybe we should do a magazine ourselves hey Eventually.
1: A young chip subscribed.
0: (laughs) So um, right after that, he he went off on another weird one. And he said, he calls it the only church where Harry Seacombe is too fat to fit through the door. I I didn't get this
1: joke at all. Well, I don't know who that is, first and foremost. But uh, it feels like this is our one per week where we get a 90s problematic line. So I guess at least they got it out the way early. Like, just fat shaming someone. But again, I don't know who this is, so we don't really understand what's happening to be honest then again i think there is a much more problematic
0: line later on but this this was a confusing one because i've I've (laughs) seen pictures of harry seekham because i needed to look him up i've heard the name but he's not that fat so how small are these doors on the church (laughs) who is he then i didn't look that much i just looked up with pictures of him i think he's an (laughs) entertainer like a tv personality you know the 90s just had people that were just famous because they were on tv they didn't do anything specific they just showed up on tv shows okay I'm assuming that's what Harry C. Okay, I'll look him up now.
1: Oh. Thank you, thank you. I I need to be informed. Of any I need this information.
0: Harry C. He's a Welsh comedian, actor, singer, and television presenter. Not a so bit of everything. Pretty much right. And he's and again, not that fat. He's like he's got a bit of a cheeky chubby face, but he's he's fine. Did <sighs> he? Did, 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 I don't know. Seems like a punching down sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it's the '90s. They were gonna they have to get at least one of those in. Unfortunately, so. It just doesn't stop there. He says <laughs> they've managed to squeeze an ample portion into tonight's slot.
1: Oh, they're back on the slots again. Didn't we have this yeah. conversation already? A long one.
0: Okay, we had one two episodes ago. A very long one that lasted like nearly 15 minutes. And they brought me, me and Becky talked about it again in the last episode. Yes. He's he worked out that a time slot can be shortened to <laughs> slot. And slot kind of sounds like vagina. And we have more slots later as well. Yeah. So that was yeah, that was. I'm sure, I'm glad. Like Becky's probably glad she's not here for this week because just another <laughs> slot comment would probably send her over the edge. It's like too much. But he suggests after this that um, kids would be at home will be robbing their parents to buy these games. And- at least that's not perverted. It's just weird. I mean, I wouldn't have done that. I was a good boy, Dominic. <laughs> Don't
1: It's got a sort of cheeky Bart Simpson kind of vibe, I guess, hasn't it? So yeah, it, it like fits. this was when Bart
0: Simpson was his height of popularity. Yeah, so.
1: yeah. It, it's the line I had the least issue with, to put it that way.
0: Yeah, I just found it a bit weird. Like, why? Well, because some, some of the games, but the, the only time you saw them on the episode was say this game's really hard, I can't play it. So yeah, I'm gonna rob my parents to buy that game. <laughs> so. After that, uh, he introduces the Games Master finally to set up the the first challenge of the night, and he calls him the Celestial Godfather, which, you know, that's quite a nice name for him.
1: It's a good moniker, isn't it? If you can get that, I'd take that. Yeah, I'm sure he's
0: called them worse things. Absolutely. Called him a scout leader or something at one point, which has much worse (laughs) connotations. So, the first challenge of the night is Top Players Golf. Yeah. Yay, a golf game. Ugh. So, so the challenge is basically just to play the first three holes in level par, and... (laughs) Dominic says, something along the lines of keeping his balls out of the bunker and in the holes, <laughs> as he was introducing the contestant.
1: Yeah, a lot of hole chat and on this one.
0: This was a weird one, because I don't. it doesn't make sense as a dirty joke, because you don't usually put your balls in the holes, hey, <laughs> unless you're doing it really wrong. And who uh-huh. may or may not do that? Uh, okay, if you're listening and you do that, I'm very sorry for offending you. Thank Cause... you. I mean, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so... Out comes the first contestant, and uh, the challenger is Mark. I didn't catch his surname. I didn't bother to go back to check again, (laughs) because Mark comes off like a proper Tory to me.
1: Oh, 100%, yeah. He's like a Rick like parody of a Tory.
0: He comes on the show in a suit and fucking tie. (laughs) Who are you trying to impress, Mark? Like Fucking games master. You're not going to a christening. (laughs) Yeah, you heard he was going to a church, so he wore a Sunday mask. fuck's sake. Of course they'd get a tory to do a golf challenge. That's because only Tories play golf. <laughs> it's yeah. It's really boring. I say, most self-respecting <laughs> working class kids going to be seeing dead playing golf.
1: Unless it's Wii Sports Golf, I'd allow that because that's quite good fun.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's the worst of the Wii games. Yes. But, Wii Sports games, but it was still, yeah, I'd still play it. It was no um, Wii Tennis or Wii Balling. I'll put it nah, that way.
1: They were the best ones.
0: So Mark says he's got experience playing golf. Of course he fucking does. <laughs> <laughs> he regularly plays golf at his local golf club, and of fucking course he's a golf club member, and he has a handicap of four. And Dominic doesn't sound that impressed, but he has to keep the interview moving. So I guess he just doesn't give a shit about a golf like us. Yeah, yeah. He asks if he's he's prepared, he thinks he's confident. He says he'd rather be doing the real thing, but he'll give it a go.
1: Yeah, it doesn't strike me as a gamer. We've had this a couple of times now where they've got people on specifically for the sport that relates to the game that they're doing for the challenge. like It it doesn't strike me as someone who's who's ever played a game in his life and he's just a bit like, oh, well, I get to be on TV, I'll wear a nice suit and I'll fuck off back down to the golf club after this.
0: I bet that's where they found... They was hanging outside a golf club and they waited for him to come out. So, okay, he's the youngest person we've seen so far. Let's just get him.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, my theory is that Dominic was like, oh, the tennis one was really good for a lot of wanking jokes and, you know, innuendo. What other sport would be? Oh, golf, holes, whacking, swings. Yeah, this is perfect.
0: A bit of rough, all that stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Then Dominic goes to the commentary booth, as he usually does. And uh, Neil West is there from Sega Power. He's made many appearances so far. And this is when Dominic says... And trying to keep me (laughs) on the fairway is my own little handicap, Neil West from Sega Power.
1: Uh, That's not even the line I thought you were going to say. Oh my god.
0: Yeah, I'll admit I laughed at this one, like, first, because I. It didn't register to me as something offensive, and then my brain thought, "Oh no, that's a that's, an ins- that's a horrible thing to say." Because <laughs> my brain was just thinking, "That's a funny thing to call somebody." So, like, oh wait, no, that's what you mean. Yeah, yeah.
1: So, so I shriveled up a little on the inside after that. Like, oh dear. I I think in some ways I was just glad it wasn't sexual. Like, yeah. It's almost a relief like it was horrible, but it's almost like okay, at least it's different. Oh god, I don't want to defend this. Kind of horrible. <laughs>
0: So he asks Neil for any if he's got any advice for Mark. And Neil says, he says a bunch of shit that I wasn't really paying attention to, but I noted that he said not to trust the caddy, because they may look pretty, but they'll often tell you the wrong thing. So just <laughs> great, Neil. Just a little bit of fucking casual sexism there. <laughs> so I thought, I thought that red hat he was wearing was just an affectation, but apparently it's just a sign of things to come with him. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Did you catch how Dominic introduced this 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 first one as well? Uh, no. Quite a tricky, thin little hole. This one. Ooh. Mm. Oh yes,
0: I got that written down. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> mm. A tricky, thin little hole. Ah. Oh. And it, it's again, it's it it doesn't necessarily make a lot of sense, but you know it's dirty because of how he said it. Yeah. yeah exactly. really it's all in the, delivery. On the word hole. Yeah. 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 Oh. So yeah. The first, the first swing lands on the fairway, and then Dominic... For this note, I just wrote second stroke in big le- capital letters because Dominic just kept using the word stroke instead of hit or swing. Yeah. Oh, good stroke and all that stuff. And I was like, oh, my God, he's just going to keep saying this all the entire thing.
1: I made, a, I made a little list of some of the innuendos, like just the single words that he used a lot during this section because golf's not really interesting, so I was more focused on this. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. So we had hole, stroke... Whack, wood, length, rough, rim, and something about power in his putter as well that he made dirty.
0: Yeah, rim was a good, an interesting one because that, it, like, you really had to fast that one through, <laughs> so to speak. <laughs>
1: <laughs> My brain is so broken after a single episode. I was off for a couple of weeks, and so now I'm back. and I'm like, ah.
0: So yeah, like uh, Mark, Mark does a lot of like 100 hits, and they just it keeps landing him. At first, it lands him on in the rough. And then like he does a little chip to get back on the green uh he gets a putt that manages to get him in par for the second hole does another 100 percent hit lands on the green and then uh, dominic says what a nice stroke <laughs> it's, just, it's it's another for, it seems like a reasonable comment to make in the circumstances but on this show you know the intent behind it so yeah <laughs> it's, yeah there's no there's no innocence in it so and then mark overdoes his next hit and uh he misses the green Oh, yeah, that's what... He hits the rim of the bunker. I made a note of... I wrote rim of the bunker myself because <laughs> Dominic really made a point of it. Not the edge, the rim. The rim. Mark misses the green, his third shot. He's got two more to stay on par. Doesn't get in the hole. There's a sloping green at this point and he fucking missed that. It's too, it's too much power in his putter. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> <laughs> and and then he eventually pops that one. It's, this fucking golf is boring as shit. This, was, this is the most... Limited notes. I have made the entire episode. I
1: have, no, my notes. My notes after the list of innuendo go straight to the end. <laughs> like, I have nothing else on this. That's fair. Like if, if I
0: had, didn't have to do a recap, I would have skipped the entire thing. So yeah, he need, like Dominic points out he needs a birdie to win. I, I wouldn't be able to tell you what a birdie is, but I'm sure you, somebody out there knows. He overdoes it again. Lands in the bunker. He only has one shot left to like make it on par, which basically seems impossible. Neil says a weird thing here. He says the only thing he's looking to be walking away with here is a dinner date. What the fuck do you mean by that, Neil? Are you going to ask him out afterwards? or <laughs> something? I don't know what's going on here.
1: Is that golfing term or?
0: I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't know because I don't. I'm I'm working class. I would never play golf.
1: <laughs> Just some like old white man takes you out afterwards if you win.
0: That sounds like golf to me. So <laughs> he gets it on the green, but it sails way past the hole. Uh, so he's over par and he fails the challenge. So it's nice to see a Tory. Fail. I was quite happy about that. After the challenge, Dominic suggests the closer Mark got to a hole, the more nervous he got. <laughs> and I feel like that's probably accurate, to be fair. <laughs> so, so Mark admits he messed up. Like He doesn't seem too gutted about it because, like Chip said earlier, I don't think he's a gamer, so I don't think he's that fussed. He's got his own whatever power he had when he plays proper golf. He's yeah. no home content with that.
1: He's got all his money and privilege, says so we will be all right. Yeah, it's fine.
0: Thankfully, we're done with the Tory as he's leaving, <laughs> Dominic <laughs> says. Our Mark treads back home for a sad stroke or two of his own. Again, accurate for a Tory. I'll allow that. <laughs> 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 Calling a Tory a wanker is just a moral imperative, isn't it, really? We're so, on your side. Yeah, it's fine. You're doing good work here, Dom. You're a working class hero.
1: All is forgiven.
0: <laughs> he's bought a lot of goodwill from just doing that one joke. Yeah, yeah, that's it. So with that out of the way, it's time for the reviews. And thankfully, this is a bit more of a solid theme than last time's um, theme of funk games. This time, it's futuristic games, which that that seems like a solid base to work off.
1: Yeah, it's an actual genre of games that you can fit in that aren't funk. I I had questions about that last time, but... Yeah, yeah. we we did too. It was
0: not very funky at all. Thankfully, this is just entirely futuristic. The first game up is Alien Breed, which is uh, was a top-down shooter. I think it was from Team 17. I'm going to oh. check that because I should have noted that. I was supposed to research that fucking useless item. <laughs>
1: it's okay. It's all right. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's Team 17. I'm going to leave
1: all this in. This is Even the 10 minutes I you am. went away to research something. <laughs> 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 Where yeah. did this rank in your list, by the way? Can you remember?
0: Uh, this isn't an official Alien game. Oh! oh. It, it's, it's a very shameless knockoff.
1: My God, it must be, because I actually thought it was.
0: Yeah, they rip off the Alien designs, like, vigorously. It's, uh, for all intents and purposes, it's ripping off Aliens, something rotten. <laughs> <laughs> so, first up of the critics was uh, Gary Penn for PC Format. He praises the level design and lighting effects. That's all he's got to say about it, apparently. <laughs> the next was Alex Luca, uh, a regular kid. He, yeah, um, yeah, right.
1: I, I had questions about this. I was like, "Is it's just a normal boy, like at school, right?" That they got to do this. He seemed very nervous.
0: Yeah. yeah, I mean they've had kids on before, but it is interesting when they do it because sometimes the kids completely show up the critics, and I enjoy yes. that. Yeah, the kids actually put a bit of thought into what they're saying, whereas the critics sometimes can't be asked, or they're a bit too clever for their own good. So in this case as well, Alex says uh, he enjoyed it but found it super repetitive. He articulates it in a really repetitive way, but I like that he did note <laughs> something about the game. He was been like, meta. a critical. It's fine. Yeah, he's a kid. so like, I'm not going to r- rake him over the coals for like <laughs> not being able to articulate himself. Because I mean, I have to edit myself talking. I know how inarticulate I am. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. The next, the next up was a critic, Math Evans of Amiga Format. This is our first returning critic. He first appeared in episode three. It's not oh, Radeon, but I'll I'll take it math
1: math's all right I feel who no one is Radeon. no one no you can't Radeon. compare no to a yeah. to a god of the gaming world uh but I like this guy he seems really informative and he did what I think he did well is like it, I think it's difficult to review these games and these like 10 second sound bites that they have sometimes but I think he yeah. does a really good job of getting some information in there
0: he's good at like getting to the point he says it's very atmospheric mm. uh, but if you're looking for a more involved space adventure to blast away at a few, for a few hours it's are going to be disappointed because it is a very repetitive game. So that was that for Alien Breed. It got a 70%, which you know, I feel like that's fair. Yeah, yeah. That's a solid score. Like In the modern day, giving something 70% is like basically inviting death threats, but it's, <laughs> in reality, 70% is very
1: good. And you must be happy because it's an even number.
0: It makes sense to me. It's all nice and uniform. <laughs> so next was uh, Speedball 2 on the Mega Drive. This is another game from the Bitmap Brothers. They've come up quite a few times on this show so far. This time, it's it's a console port from the home computer release, which was like one of the big, like iconic Amiga games of the time. Uh, Gary Penn says it's basically like football with no rules, and the fact that you can beat the shit out of each other makes it more fun than a regular football game.
1: <laughs> I'm surprised they uh, got a swear word in there.
0: Yeah, I thought I had to go back. I was like, Did they bleep that? They, just, uh, just, they probably just assumed nobody was listening.
1: Sorry. I wasn't sure if they dropped the T because there's definitely no bleep. but like, it yeah, didn't, there's not bleep. It, it sounded more of a shit than a shit. So I don't know if they just made a very slight edit. And it was very obvious what he was saying. And Alex, he, he said uh,
0: he likes the team management component, which was that was a nice thing to bring up because like, I don't think anyone else brought up that aspect. Like, I feel like Alex would definitely be the kind of guy who gets super into football manager games as an adult. My kind Is of people. Tell, yeah, there's, there's a type. <laughs> <laughs> Math says uh, it's worth it if you own a Mega Drive and like the look of the Amiga original, even if it's got some presentation quirks that drag it down compared to the original. He did call it a wholesome game, I think, at some point. And Which I wonder what he meant by
1: that. because Compared to the violence that was mentioned earlier.
0: Yeah, it's, just, it's a game about brutalising people in a spot. <laughs> Maybe he just likes that sort of thing, so it's oh, nice. It's, nice. Like, it's his Stardew Valley, I guess. It's kind so of worrying. Yeah. <laughs> but I, mean, sure. I, I can't judge, to be fair. <laughs> Usually shooting people in GTA or something. So Speedball 2 on the Mega Drive got an 85%. That's a really good score for yeah. like what is has been described as an inferior port. <laughs> so, it's, so it's overall, like a success there. I love Bitmap Brothers games. Like, this, this, the, the style of them is just they're always, they're very distinctive, but they look really nice. I just, hmm. I'm a big fan of them. I'm still nice. pitching for that book for the Bitmap Brothers. I don't know if I'm going to get it for Christmas. Probably not, but you know.
1: But it, you, uh, you would know by now if you did get it for Christmas, right? Because we're definitely recording yeah, I'm gonna, this. I'm going to edit this out. If I oh shit! Okay. <laughs> I'm very
0: happy. I'm going to say this next bit just in case I did get it at Christmas. Okay. And I'm very happy I got my the book at Christmas. <laughs> how is the book? <laughs> What's your favourite page? Yeah, page seven. Oh, that's a good one. I don't know how many pages are in the book. <laughs> <Six>. <laughs> oh, page seven's a good one.
1: Nicely done. Nicely done. <laughs>
0: I've covered I covered every you know possible avenue there. Yeah. And yeah. finally, we have Wing Commander Two. I remember this series very distinctly, uh, more for the later games that started to introduce FMV and Mark Hamill. But Wing Commander cool. Two was one of the earlier ones. Math says it's got a lot of flash presentation, but is lacking in the gameplay depth department. It's for this kind of game you'd expect a lot more depth because I think by now the X-wing and tie white and tie whiter. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> 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 I'm just going to keep that in <laughs> uh, yeah at this point the X-Wing and TIE Fighter games were out and they had like a lot of depth and they were very popular but not so here Wing Commander 2 games are very basic um, it's very just like a standard shooter um, yeah. Gary he repeats what Math says but he says it uh, shorter and glibber just <laughs> says it looks very nice but it's incredibly boring to play and it got a 59%
1: yeah, this was a short review. We only got two of the three reviewers and they didn't say much about it because it's just not very good, apparently. The
0: only Wing Commander game I've played is Wing Commander Prophecy. Uh, by then, Mark Hamill had fucked off to greener pastures. <laughs> probably the Batman series or something like <laughs> oh, nice. that. Uh, he was doing even better for himself, so he didn't need Wing Commander anymore. And I quite liked Wing Commander Prophecy, but I did had no interest in going back to any of the games when you could play stuff like X-Wing versus TIE Fighter or Ty Whiter, <laughs> <laughs> depending on your preference. So that was a pretty solid review section for once, I feel. It's middling results for the games, but I didn't have any real issues of any of the critics there this week, which was nice.
1: Yeah, it was nice not to have to dunk on any of them. There was uh, two of them I really liked because they came from different perspectives, you know, you had the kids and then the, the reviewer that was good. And then the other guy was also there as well.
0: So next, next up, next up, <laughs> <laughs> fucking next place. next up is the, <laughs> next up is the feature of the week. And this week it's another preview of sorts. They point out that the console market is heating up now with lots of new releases, buying for your parents' hard-earned money.
1: <laughs> if you don't steal it.
0: Yeah, steal it, steal it. But yeah, like at this point in history, everyone was releasing a fucking console again. It's like they learned nothing from the 1983 market crash, but that's beside the point. <laughs> Like they're going to start over the next couple of weeks previewing a new piece of hardware that's coming up, and
1: it's another hardware section. Yay! Yay. Come on, Sega Action Chair 2.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Sadly, it's not going to be as naff as the previous hardware sections, but we'll make do. This week's previewing the Neo Geo console, which, yeah, interesting. Paul Lakin of GameZone magazine is here.
1: Oh, they did him dirty. They did this guy so dirty, the way, like, they shot him because he's just, like, lent into the camera. And they've got no proper lighting, so all these eyes are dark. He's just got two black holes there. He looks like a reverse Batman, basically.
0: It's a very intimidating image.
1: Yeah, yeah, and it's just like it's it, uh, it's just like poor student film quality, like. Set up, you know, they did really badly with this.
0: Paul Larkin was in the previous episode as one of the critics, and he was—he was the one that was winding me up that week. Ah, okay. uh, but because of the way he shot him this time, I didn't recognise him until I went back to make notes and I wrote down his right. name. I recognise that name, but I didn't recognise <laughs> his face because he was shot like some kind of fucking—you can't see like, it—flash Gordon villain or something. It was <laughs> fucking weird. But uh, your credit to him, he does a lot better this week, apart from his face. Poor guy. He was having a hard time. That sounded wrong. <laughs> <laughs> apart from the way his face was lit. <laughs> he was... L- last week, he just couldn't be asked of anything he was saying. This week, he actually said stuff that might be helpful. The, the Neo Geo is basically like having an arcade unit at home. He's, he points out that um, you can p- play these games in the arcade and save your progress onto a credit card and mm. you can continue the game at home. Which was weird. I don't know how that works. It doesn't cause... make sense. How does, how would you do that? Yeah. How? I don't... How? Because you can't put... As far, as far as I can remember, you couldn't put credit cards into arcade machines. They had coin slots. That was the whole thing.
1: Yeah. And then how does it register that you've put your card into the console and that seems to transfer... Yeah. Not a save file, surely. Like, Does it just go by how much you've spent on the game so it roughly knows where you are? Or... Yeah. I have it, questions.
0: There must be a really convoluted system. I may have to read into this because I, I didn't look into it that deep. Like, I feel like at some point we're going to be talking about more extensively about con- other consoles in the future, <laughs> so I didn't want to waste too much time on the Neo Geo here. <laughs>
1: so yeah, I wasn't very familiar with it.
0: Paul obviously rightly points out that it makes no sense to do that. and like, You've got the console at home, you've got the game at home, why would you fuck off to an arcade to spend even more <laughs> money? The the Neo Geo is notoriously extremely expensive. If you spent that much money to own the game, you do not need to give that game any more money. Fuck no, do,
1: do you see how much the games cost for it? Yes. Oh my God, they're more than today.
0: Way, oh yeah, back in the day they were expensive. Like I, I used to, as a kid, I used to like dream of owning a Neo Geo. I'd, I'd look at the adverts for it and see how much the game... I mean, the console wasn't necessarily that pricey, but the games are insane. So price-wise, like, but I was obviously, because as a kid, I was thinking one day when I've got a job, I'm going to own a Neo Geo. But as an adult now, I still couldn't afford a Neo Geo. <laughs> I, I could manage a, a mortgage, but I can't afford a Neo Geo. <laughs> so basically, in this preview, Games Master lists the Neo Geo console as costing £299.99 in 1992. In accounting for inflation that would cost seven hundred and thirty three pounds <laughs> seventy four pence. Fuck me. Like a year prior to this, on when it came out, it cost a hundred pounds more, and that would have oh. made it nine hundred and seventy eight pounds thirty three pence in today's prices.
1: Jesus Christ, like you could get a decent gaming PC for close to that.
0: With the inflation in account, two hundred and ninety nine ninety nine is how much the Playstation cost on release. It, it so it was still and that's still in today's money, an expensive console, but mm-hmm. it's it is again the games that are the thing, and the games are priced between ninety nine pounds ninety nine pence and one hundred and forty nine pounds ninety nine pence. So again, taking it, inflation into account, that's a range between two hundred and forty four pounds fifty seven pence and three hundred and sixty six pounds and eighty six pence. Is there any game
1: you'd be willing to pay that much for? No,
0: because no. like. I love arcades, but the whole thing about going to an arcade is it's part of it. it's a trip. You're going somewhere fun, like you got a blackpool or something. Yeah. You're having a good time. It's a social thing. It's part of a. It's it's not something you should be taking home with you, basically. And we were very very close to the point where technology was going to be surpassing the arcade experience anywhere. The Super Nintendo was getting very close to replicating arcades. Like, and that was coming out very soon. So anybody who's spending this much money just to have an arcade system at home, oof, I, I bet they feel like idiots now. Because, I mean, they're only a couple of years away from the PlayStation launching and like, yeah. rendering all of this obsolete. Fuck. So it, it's, it's an insane price point.
1: I, I almost feel like I want to find out if there's like a special, like a, an actual episode we could do on this console. Because I want to know how badly it flopped because no one could actually afford to... I mean maybe buy the console but you're not going to be buying a lot of games for it after that oh yeah
0: bloody hell like I feel like if one person bought a game they'd probably be breaking even the company <laughs> <laughs> yeah I would be interested to see how they did because they were around for a long time right and they, they released a Neo Geo Mini recently like there's there is a, an interest in the system I think it's because of the allure of how costly it was I wanted it as a 10 year old I was like obsessed with it and then time passed and like cheaper options
1: I've (laughs) yeah within like two or three years you could get something much better but like the way they marketed it it would have got my interest as a kid as well because they were saying about just how like more powerful it is than the other consoles around at the time like i don't know how true that is and how that kind of translated in in difference but like you know you look at the games that were on nintendo and sega at the time and i i can't i can't imagine being at my adult brain now back then going oh do you know what maybe i will get this over either of those because it's got this much more power than those systems like it just didn't seem like there was anything there that would win me over no at all
0: i i would have i'd gladly take an inferior part to the real deal (laughs) this is nowhere for that price like you're basically on your way for a game like between that range you're basically halfway towards owning a playstation 5 or an xbox series x yeah it's insane yeah
1: and we have game pass nowadays so
0: (laughs) yeah fucking hell So after that really quite alarming preview, uh, Dom <laughs> says there's a couple of stonking games there, which isn't true, because quite a few of them got middling reviews, <laughs> and some of them are just too expensive to ever own. So a mixed bag, I'd call it, to be fair. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. And, th- and then he brings us to our celebrity challenge for the week. Uh, the last celebrity challenge with Jimmy White was an absolute dud, so... <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately i feel like this week was possibly worse i think this might be the worst celebrity challenge i've seen so far just personally i i i was very annoyed by this challenge yeah
1: yeah i mean we'll get into it but yes
0: yeah so the game in question is ski or die and this is the amiga release uh what a choice can never resist the chance <laughs> to use a joystick obviously and the challenge is that you get three attempts to get the most points based on skill, grace, airtime, just general, you know, whatever gets you the most points, showing off, basically. Um, I, I looked this game up on Moby Games and checked all the reviews that were released at the time, and it averaged out to a score of 66.6%. So it's not a great game, but, you know... Could be evil. The celebrity guests for this week were radio duo Pat and Mick, known individually as Pat Sharp and Mick Brown.
1: Yeah, I have no idea who Mick Brown is, but Pat Sharp, he was a bit of a legend when I was a kid.
0: Yeah, I remember Pat Sharp. I, I didn't realise he was a DJ before he did Funhouse, like, but yeah, I mean, apparently he did.
1: I don't care what he did. Funhouse its just Funhouse. about Funhouse. Funhouse <laughs> is great. Yeah.
0: Excellent show. <laughs> Apparently, like, um, Pat and Mick released an album, like a pop what? album, and I listened to one of the songs of it, and it's oh, no. fucking dreadful. I might play <laughs> some of that over while we're talking right now. Oh but it's god, I won't listen awful. to this episode then. Uh. It's it's just terrible. But yeah, I, we know Pat Sharp; he is a legend of our youth. But yes. yeah, Mick Brown, he's got a face I recall, but I, I don't necessarily rem- remember him. No, I've no uh, idea. Probably who for is. good reason. Oh no. <laughs> so. Yeah, Pat Sharp. If you don't know who Pat Sharp is, he's something of an anomaly. Uh, Even in the early 90s, he looked like he didn't belong. (laughs) Like, his hair was just so absurd. Like, even if you roll back a decade, I feel like he still wouldn't fit in. I feel like he was taking the piss out of people. (laughs) (laughs) I never understood him, and yet I got very attached to his style and his look because I remember getting very upset when he cut his hair. Oh, his hair.
1: His hair on this, it's like. It's like if a 1995 PlayStation game tried to render a mullet. That's what it looks like. It's just very it's sharp. Well, maybe that's why he did it. Yeah. Ah.
0: It's, just, <laughs> it's just... Mind blown. It's a lot. <laughs> yeah, so Mick, on the other hand, he's... Uh, so So Dominic asks him how long he's been a joystick waggler. That's Dominic's prerogative. <laughs> but Mick, he just makes this... This is the most wretchedly belaboured wanking joke I've ever heard. It's mm-hmm. fucking dreadful. I'll, I'll, I'll just quote him right now. He says, Well, I've been a joystick waggler for quite a few years. I was once arrested for it, but ever since I took this up, I found that you can't get arrested for it, so it's been quite a few years. It's fucking ter- He makes a living talking. That's his job. <laughs> talking on the spot. And he did this.
1: I wonder if he was some sort of, like, shock morning DJ or something. I
0: don't don't know what he is, but he's fucking... This was was a bad advertisement for, at the very least, Mick. Yes. (laughs) I I gained a newfound respect for Dominic Diamond's abilities to to deliver a joke, because Dominic Diamond knows how to deliver a good wanking joke. This guy just flailed around like he didn't know what he was doing. (laughs) Was he just a bit flustered? He could have just declined.
1: (laughs) But uh, but to me, it felt like it was quite a scripted moment. Like he was almost like, oh, "I'm going to say this," and you should come back with something. But he just couldn't like do it. Like you couldn't remember his line, or he was nervous, <laughs> or some—I don't know. But like, he, he wasn't. He
0: repeated a lot of stuff. Like, yeah, uh, very repetitive.
1: Yeah, yeah. So
0: yeah, uh, Dom then turns to Pat and asks, uh, suggests he's been a big skiing fan. Like Pat says, he loves an après ski. What the fuck that is? <laughs> Again, I'm not middle class. I don't know any of this stuff. So. Uh, Dominic asks Pat if he could take Mick, and Pat just says, I'll have to ask my wife first. Hey. Didn't, miss, didn't miss a step. <laughs> Got a polite <laughs> chuckle out of Dom as well, that's how good he was. Professional. Made Mick look like an absolute shithead in comparison. <laughs> <laughs> was absolutely perfect. No problem with Pat Sharp at all. <laughs> So, in the commentary booth, Tim Boone of Computer and Video Games Magazine is here. Tim's advice is to simply waggle the joystick. Dom's face lit up there. But it took great self-control for him not to say anything. He just left it at that. And, you know, I mean, he made the exact same joke earlier, but you feel like he must have really tried hard not to do something with that line. Yeah. The, the yeah. temptation was there. So, Mick is first up, and he launches himself into the stratosphere, and performs all manners of flippy shits and... Makes a good landing, and he gets a 31.9 from the judges, which is not bad. His second jump was a low one, smooth movements. You got the landing, nothing particularly impressive. You got a 19.6 off the judges for that one. So the third and final one, he says, this is the big one. And then he proceeds to just repeat the same move over and over again, and then lands, and he gets a 13. <laughs> wasn't quite the big one. In fact, I'd say it was the smallest one. But, you know, he, his total was 54.5. So, not bad. Pat Sharp is up next. I won't drag this out. Pat just did absolute shit on his first two jumps. Yeah. There's lots of flips
1: and he kept landing on his face. Yeah, he just couldn't stick the landing. If he'd been able to do that, he would have done pretty well at this.
0: Yeah, it was the landing that fucked him over.
1: I think the issue for Pat is his hair's not very aerodynamic, so it's probably just giving him an extra lift that he doesn't need when he's trying to land.
0: So he got a 14.9 and a 7.4 respectively for his first attempts. He needs to score over 30 on his final jump to win. So with everything on the line, kind of fucks it again. He lands this time, but he only does two moves in the air. He's he's overthinking it again. He's thinking too much about the landing and not much about airtime, and he gets an 18.3, so wasn't enough, sadly.
1: Aww. I wanted Pat to win.
0: I, I was mostly upset about this challenge because Pat Sharp lost. <laughs> I didn't want Mick to win. Yeah,
1: there was a... Good and evil to this challenge, and good did not triumph.
0: No, it's just life's not fair, basically. So after the challenge, Mick says, it all came down to training. He was down Hampstead Heath training. He says training a few times, actually. I didn't know what the fuck he was on about. I don't know enough about Hampstead Heath. Is there, like, a reputation? Is this, like, another wanking joke, or did he just talking about practising skiing on hills or something. I don't yeah, know I know think that's Hampstead. it. I think
1: Hampstead is just a big hilly park. So he's just like, oh, I went skiing on hills. and uh, But he delivered it about as well. As his previous joke, which was not yeah, very well. It's
0: just fucking fumbling every opportunity he's given. Like, he's trying to be witty, and none of it makes sense. He's a DJ, again, I have to <laughs> emphasize this. His job is speaking. I, I'm not a professional DJ. Like, like My job isn't to speak. In fact, I pick jobs where I don't have to speak, but I'm
1: still... <laughs> like podcasting. I can put, yeah, well,
0: you know, this is a hobby, Chip. Right. We haven't, we haven't managed to bilk anyone out of any money yet. Uh,
1: soon, soon, we'll soon, start soon. Uh, charging those Neo Geo prices and we'll be fine
0: Yeah, we'll open a Patreon just to fund a Neo Geo <laughs> £600 per episode <laughs> Someone will pay Just need one simp, we'll be fine we'll get, We just need one perfect simp <laughs> Will that be you? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> get in touch with us, we'll give you the information at the end of the show <laughs> So, Pat says his jumping was a bit like his jumper a bit too much, again he kept it clean came yeah. off really like solid Carisma. sharp witty we like Pat. he's showing up mick again like obviously it it made it very clear that pat sharp is the sean michaels to mix marty genetti <laughs> it's clear he's as has got bear. the hair for it he has the best hair he's just more talented in general more staying power like yeah just boom he's sean michaels he's the heartbreak kid <laughs> So then Mick, like while Dominic's trying to introduce the Golden Games Master joystick, Mick keeps saying other prizes. Like, is it a car? Is it a yacht? Blah, blah, uh, whatever. And it's like Dom is just trying his best to reel this in. He's just had a hard time dealing with Mick, I feel like Mick was just I think Mick was knew he'd fucked it, his yeah. opportunity, and he was yeah. just really trying to salvage it.
1: <laughs> He's just digging that hole deeper and deeper.
0: Obviously Mick wins the prize, gets the stick. The joystick, even. <laughs> he says he think he'll keep the prize on display at the Capital FM, which is where they work. I don't think I mentioned that because I don't care about radio. Uh, and then he says everyone can have a gaggle at his joystick. Uh huh. And he and he, he, w- he waffled this whole bit, and he really belabored the point, something fierce. I cut it short because I was getting fed up with this guy's fucking waffle. <laughs> this challenge just fucked me off. It was a shitty-looking game. One half of the guests was garbage, and he won. It was, and it was a foregone conclusion for most of the challenge that Pat wasn't going to win, sadly. Cause yeah. Just, yeah. Yeah. It was very upsetting.
1: i was very mad. I I still liked it more than the golf one. I think partly because Pat Sharp was there. You know, that's that's setting it up a bit. Even if he wasn't very good at the game and didn't win, and you know, even no matter how bad Mick was as a human, uh, it just. It's just golf, man. <laughs> the other one was golf and it had a Tory. So for me, that was just worse. I, I enjoyed this one more.
0: Mm, I, I disagree because I think a Tory failing is more enjoyable than Mick winning.
1: Yeah, I, I maybe just the presence of Pat Sharp was enough for me.
0: Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. After this, Dominic turns to the camera and says, Pat and Mick have problems of their own. They can't help them with that, <laughs> which I thought was quite funny. So it just, yeah. Oh, at least one of them has problems. It says if anyone at home has problems, they can contact Gamesmaster in his consultation room. That was a pretty good segue, I thought. Uh, not yeah. a laugh out loud, but it was understated for Dominic's standards.
1: Uh, you know, as someone who uh, who does a good segue every now and then, I I appreciated this very much.
0: Well, we'll leave that as it is. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, don't cut in my outros or anything like that. Will you, yeah, please?
0: <laughs> oh, who has the time? <laughs> First in the consultation room, a tall man. <laughs> oh, who let him in, basically? <laughs> It's, just, it's like last week we had a cron like a, a dad, show up, and this <laughs> week we've got a tall man in his late, late 20s, maybe? Yeah, in a, in a turtleneck,
1: tucked in into trousers. That
0: was an interesting choice. Yeah. Everyone's dressing a bit fancy this week.
1: <laughs> I have a question, um, just before we get into the actual consultation sections, or the, the questions. So Games Master uh, says, welcome to my kingdom. Um, has this been established before? Is, is he a king? king of all games like wasn't he, it his like pleasure dome or something before
0: yeah some i felt he might have said kingdom before but i don't he doesn't say it enough to make it a thing no Sometimes, i have questions about I feel the like law patrick moore just makes it up as he's going along
1: that's pos- yeah that's very true
0: it's, it's they're all over the place with the uh, the mythology right now hopefully they'll prove <laughs> it in future series so yeah the tall man he he's having he's been playing zelda for months but he can't find the guardian on level seven And Games Master says, Zelda requires a modicum of common sense.
1: Which is very unfair. (laughs) Yeah, I thought that wasn't nice at all. Considering the solution.
0: (laughs) Yeah, he proceeds to explain something that common (laughs) sense wouldn't solve. You you need to push a block to the right to open a secret passage, but this is a room full of identical blocks. There's no way of suggesting which is movable, or that you should even be able to push them. Usually Nintendo games design things where, like, you can tell what a block is supposed to do, that the design of it has a function, whereas this is intentionally supposed to be a little tricky and confuse you. So I don't feel like he was being fair, this guy.
1: No, <laughs> it was harsh.
0: He's just trying big time an adult, I think. <laughs>
1: Maybe he just didn't like the way he was dressed. Yeah, it's just like, get out of here, I'm, I'm only supposed to have kids in here. <laughs> I'm the fancy one in this kingdom.
0: <laughs> so next up is a kid who wants some help uh, defeating the Dust Dragon in Forgotten Worlds, and... Gamesmaster's really on one this week, because he calls him foolish. I know. He says he's overlooked that the only weakness for the dragon is its heart. And it's, again, not totally obvious from a design perspective, because the dragon... There's nothing to suggest the dragon's heart is the weak point. You'd need to do a lot of trial and error to work out that's the only section of the boss that causes damage. Yeah. And we've got no idea of knowing how long this kid's been playing the game for. So, not fair.
1: And, like, you know, video game tropes. It's like when you come across a box, if they've got a big flashing... red circle on them you're like oh maybe i should shoot that or hit that that will do things but it didn't look like this dragon had anything like that so it doesn't know I, I, I kind of
0: look kind of bulbous but like you'd think to shoot in the head would be enough
1: yeah yeah i'd be with this kid totally i don't think they're foolish at all at all at all
0: at all at all all. a two it's yeah it's another matter of the design letting the kids down rather than the kids being stupid or the kid and the grown man. <laughs> so uh, he was very appreciative. He said thank you very much. He was a polite lad, even though he was being like treated like shit by this guy. <laughs> the final person in it was a man. It looked, well, I couldn't tell if it was a man or not. He was either in his late teens or early thirties. It was very. I was very confused about where he landed age-wise
1: <laughs> and he was he watched straight to the point there was no hello, games Master this time he went straight into his question
0: and he yelled it yeah oh yeah <laughs> he, he was did. yelling <laughs> he wanted to know the location of a warp in snake rattle and roll and once again Gamesmaster was a bit of a cunt to him. <laughs>
1: <laughs> i thought he might this time considering the the intro
0: he suggested you should have moved on from this game by now <laughs> one thing to say Know, the game came out in 1990, but there's no way of knowing when this dude bought the game. A dude or child, I can't tell. <laughs> Again, whatever he is, we don't know when he got this game. So the, the solution is actually pretty simple. You move in a straight line until you find a rocket, jump and catch it, and you are warp to level 8. That feels like something you should have probably tried, to be fair. <laughs> even if it's your first attempt just moving in a straight line in a video game is usually a good way of knowing what's coming ahead
1: yeah especially old games right it's like you don't go the direction it points you in you go back the other way first just to see if there's yeah. anything hidden
0: yeah I feel like look, at the very least this child slash man should have <laughs> tried that by now so it's, it's more the suggestion that people shouldn't be playing older games or they should have played them on release and got, got past it by now I feel like that's, that's a weird it feels regressive as a viewpoint <laughs> like retro gaming i mean retro gaming back then was probably shite because it was all the stuff but yeah yeah in, okay. in hindsight it feels very small-minded to shit on people for playing a game that's like fucking two years old
1: yeah a little bit a little bit like can you imagine like our last main uh timeline episode was near can you imagine like someone just leaves a comment it's like oh come on guys how have you not moved on from this game that came out five six years ago yeah <laughs> <laughs> sorry sorry <That's laughs> we're saying. just covering video games that we want to cover
0: Yeah, are just talking about games that's Fuck me. Yeah,
1: fuck off Sir Patrick Moore.
0: Yeah, just you, you you're a real dick this week. <laughs> And that brings us to our final challenge. I've never heard of this game, to be honest. It's nope. called Brat. And I had to look this up. It came out in 1991, so they should have moved on from this <laughs> by now. <laughs> it came out on the Amiga and Atari ST. It was an isometric action puzzle game. It sees you guiding a baby through various dangerous mazes. Based on the reviews gathered from MobyGames, Games, again, dated to the year 1991, uh, Brat got an average of 80.6, which is pretty cool. good. That's pretty it good. It um, comparably... Comparably, it was favorably compared <laughs> to Lemmings at the time, which is, you know, high praise for as far as puzzle games
1: go. I could see that. Yeah, a similar sort of um, thing, like moving these characters through a dangerous world.
0: Yeah. Yeah, the, basically, the challenge is that he's got to get through a stage.
1: It looked hard as balls. Like, I would suck at this.
0: I never played it, but I am intrigued by it now. Yeah. So, if you now I know, it's kind of like Lemmings. So, the uh, the challenger is called Michael Merrin, and he, he wasn't too confident. <laughs> <We'll say that. laughs> he wasn't He said he had been practicing for a few days, but he wasn't sure. <laughs>
1: These are always my favourite contestants, though, where they're just like, no, I'm definitely going to fuck this. Oh, I'm scared. <laughs> this, I'm,
0: I'm done. <laughs> you, you saw me in the rehearsals. I'm fucked. So, so uh, Dominic, this is this bit fucking cracked me up. Dominic enters the country booth in, like, the funniest way I've ever seen. Oh, I miss this. It, he kind of... It looks like he didn't have a step to get up onto the, the um, platform. So he kind of, like... It looks like he does this big bound to get on, it. And then he has to stop himself at the pew. Like... With his hands to stop himself from moving forward too far. Oh, and wow. he just turns, like, he just like, does a swivel on the spot to face the camera. It's so fucking weird. It's looked really <laughs> uncom- awkward. <laughs> they could have just cut to him standing there, but they showed him climbing into this booth. And I, I laughed so fucking hard. I I need to go back and, and find this. It was so weird. I don't know why they showed it. It just (laughs) completely threw me. It was the funniest thing he did the entire episode, to be fair. (laughs)
1: Well, they do love a bit of this. Like, anything that kind of throws you off a little bit, there's a lot of, like, Dutch tilts and, like, strange camera angles and stuff that they use. So maybe they just thought it was part of that.
0: And they've done this, they did that with, like, the Lemmings kid in, in, like... Episode 2 or something, like where he tripped up and they kept it in the edit. Yeah. So they have a they have form for like keeping weird stuff in the edit and they could have just <laughs> cut that and saved everyone a lot of embarrassment. So in a commentary, Tom Watson of Renegade Games is back again and uh, Tom suggests that Michael needs to watch out for the screen scrolling down because apparently that can knock the baby off, which, you know, games of this era did love a good scrolling screen because they just worked out how to do it. The challenge starts with Dominic saying, get guiding that baby. Which is—I don't know why that made me laugh. But that was another thing that just made me laugh really hard. And it its not dirty. Maybe I'm just, that's why I was so relieved. It just sounded so silly. It made he, me laugh.
1: He delivered it in the way that he does deliver his innuendos, though. So maybe that was it. And some cognitive
0: dissonance. I like well, what the <laughs> fuck's going on here. It was very funny. But then the crowd got weirdly hyped for this game this yeah. slow-moving puzzle game. <laughs> They've done this. They did this with Lemmings as well. They just get really into something where there's no energy to reflect that in the game.
1: They must have had a lot of sugar on set. The crowd is
0: super into it, and Michael seems to know what he's doing. He's planting objects where they need to be. He's planting rectangles or triangles or something that slow down the scrolling screen. He's dropping meat in the river to distract sharks. He's collecting items that he needs. I, I think, like from watching it, I would definitely play this game. Like It does look... My kind of thing.
1: I would not play it because I would panic and fail miserably. So no, not for me. And then he grabs a bone, as you
0: do. And (laughs) Dominic really tried his best to keep this subtle. And he's just asking if that is helpful. And apparently it would come in handy later. So I respect Dominic. There was a bone and he just didn't do anything with it self-control.
1: Is it self-control or is it he just, he's gone through his quota because it's, a lot of them were at the start so I just kind of feel like he's run out, like he has some sort of agreement with the producers or something it's like you can have 20 and that's it no more after that. Could that could
0: be it, yeah. Then Michael slides down a slide and he puts down a token, like it's a slowdown, I think it's a stop token but he puts it to his side instead of in front of him so it doesn't stop the baby and the baby keeps walking and he gets hit by a dog he was supposed to put the stop token down in front of him Then he was going to prepare a bone to use to distract the dog. The bone came back a lot quicker than I expected. He he messed up the placement of the token, and he just completely fucked it, and the dog got him. Uh, A dog mauling a baby is quite an interesting thing to see, but it was the 90s, so...
1: I really love the way you've described this game, because it just sounds like a weird fever dream.
0: It sounds like I'm making it up, but I I swear to God it's true. It's a real thing. (laughs) he was doing so well he was doing really well he was like he was well on his way to like completing it that's all it takes just a little little fuck up and you're done
1: and i was surprised as well because he was so nervous and unconfident at the start but the way he started playing the game it looked like he really knew what to do it looked like he had more time than he said he had with it and then i think the error that he made to fail the challenge was very much one of someone who was nervous so it kind of made sense in the end
0: like he knew how to play the game but the, the pressure is what got to him yeah yeah. And like he f- fumbled a like a click or something like that. It's a shame. So yeah, the challenge was over. After Michael explained well, how he messed up, Dominic said a weird line. He said, you had the bone, but didn't have the stop sign. And it, I know it's not a dirty joke, but it sounds like it should be.
1: <laughs> we're just expecting it now, I think. is like, okay, bone, he's going to make something of this, yeah, surely. It's and a it's Pavlovian like, we'll thing. We're like, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> my, my brain's hearing a dirty joke, even though it's not there. It's some horrible thing he's done to us he's broken our brains already oh god
1: yeah he has like i've really enjoyed being off this show for a couple of weeks because it's just given me the little break that i needed and now i'm back
0: that's that's what you need you need a he- mental health break we'll call it yeah
1: <laughs> yeah a bit of self-care away from the yeah. innuendo let's
0: take a break from wanking jokes <laughs> <laughs> so yeah after that <laughs> dominic says another weird thing yes he says we've certainly enjoyed looking <laughs> at you what
1: what, what does that, that was- mean
0: that was weird, and and I think it made Michael a bit uncomfortable. <laughs> Maybe he meant to say something else, and he just forgot what he was going to
1: say, so he just or he missed a couple of words. I don't know. I tried to spin this in my own head, in that he's trying to be complimentary, and like you know, you were a good contestant. We we liked having you here and your jumper is nice or whatever but and it just yeah. came out in a really weird way like i've done that before you know when you've got you're trying to say like three different things but it comes out in one weird sentence yeah but he was very calm when he delivered it so i think he meant to say what he said it made
0: it sound like he was saying handsome lad you
1: yeah if you watch this episode you'll hear that line and see what you make your own decisions is what we're saying Yeah.
0: it was a little it was weird and it made me feel uncomfortable never mind michael <laughs> that was games master over for the sake of becky i'm going to point out what tea yes I had this is <laughs> dominic <well. laughs> Tom, dominic was talking about he said it was a smell did he say it smells like darjeeling or something he was talking about darjeeling tea yeah
1: yeah that's what i he's know nothing this week.
0: about darjeeling tea do you know anything about darjeeling tea
1: uh, I only know the film Darjeeling Limited. Yes, that's all I know. <laughs> that's all I've got.
0: So, so I, I looked up Darjeeling tea, and Wikipedia suggests it's floral with a fruity aroma and a distinct sweet flavour. So that's there lovely. you go. <laughs> I do the research, me. <laughs> so there you go. Uh, Dominic tells us to keep pounding our keyboards and sure. in seven days. I don't <laughs> Whatever know. the fuck that Again,
1: means. Another one of those ones
0: that isn't dirty but it sounds like it's dirty
1: the emphasis is on pounding
0: maybe it's just us that's just damaged forever now he's done
1: psychic damage to us (laughs) do what have you done can we sue him yeah maybe (laughs) i don't think we
0: can oh yeah we'll have to get set up a patreon for that
1: (laughs) get those neo geo prices coming in
0: So that's uh, Games Master Series 1, Episode 6 done. This week lacked the insanity of last, the last episode, but I feel like the quality was something of a step up, even if it was a little mixed. Like, some of the challenges weren't as good as the others. Some of the challenges challengers weren't as enjoyable to be around as others. It's probably like a half-and-half half situation, I think.
1: Yeah, I'd agree with that. I found it a quite a um, middling episode that was kind of propped up by Dominic. And his words and choices of things that he yeah. said. Uh, none of the games were particularly great, and like none of I didn't have any sort of nostalgic attachment to any of them. And I think if it hadn't been for Pat Sharp, to be honest with you, I would think it would have been kind of a, a letdown of an episode.
0: Yeah, I think I'd agree. Like I think Pat Sharp did a lot of the heavy lifting there. And Dominic <laughs> last week, like the last episode, I feel like he was kind of coasting a little bit. This week, he was he was coming up with some good dirty jokes, and then he was coming up with jokes that like sounded like. Dirty jokes, and he was coming up with actual jokes that weren't dirty. He was just—he was throwing a lot of stuff out there. Yeah, and i, I, I appreciate that. He was—he was pulling his weight on this episode big time.
1: My worry is that he's got some sort of like Pied Piper kind of quality. So we, you know, we started out being like, "Oh God, he's making more jokes and other there," and now we're just sort of like hanging on his every word. And I feel like he's got us well, somehow, yeah. but he hasn't <laughs> revealed exactly what his devious plan is just yet and i'm i'm afraid it'd
0: be it'd be really interesting if he's been waiting for like a couple of games master related <laughs> podcasts to appear before he releases his master plan
1: oh god <laughs> it's going to activate us isn't he just just
0: please wait until like we're done with the series dominic oh whenever yeah, if it finishes the series quicker thank you Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah that's games mastery revisited. done our first for the new year uh because it is 2023 after all yes <laughs> so you can follow us on one up pod on uh twitter and instagram and tumblr i keep forgetting tumblr but yes we're on tumblr as well <laughs> so, so does that's everyone on, else so does everyone else yeah apart from all the perverts <laughs> it's on <Top laughs> so you can find me, us then. there we, 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 do, we don't do any sex stuff on tumblr just to be clear <laughs> But you can find us on those places at one up pod, That is one 1-U-P-P-O-D. 1UPPOD. I'm not going to plug the Twitch. I'm going to plug the Twitch. Fuck it. Yeah, we haven't used Twitch yet, but maybe we will we'll have in the new year. Well, it is the new year. It, it's, it is the new year. So maybe this we haven't it done it already. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is perfect. hard to do. <laughs> <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at truly underscore defective and Instagram at truly defective, one word. Where can they find you, Chip?
1: I am at the Chip Thompson on Twitter and Chip Thompson's thumbs on Twitch.
0: Chip actually does use Twitch. Yes. In 2023,
1: <laughs> which is where we are.
0: So yeah, thank you again for listening to another show. If you haven't already, check out our Game of the Year episode. That's already out by now because it is after all 2023. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, I have definitely finished that already. Yep,
0: it's all done. So it's, it's out it's brilliant i'm sure uh, and also catch up with some of our main series content including uh, last month's episode of near automata you can follow us on your favorite podcast platforms or check out oneuppod.com and uh, that's us done in the meantime don't forget to use your body and your brain if you want to play the game